0: As companies continue to explore new ways to integrate artificial intelligence into software and hardware, another major technologist announces that this technology will bring doom and gloom to society and possibly humanity. We'll share these latest developments in this episode of Today in Tech. Hi, everyone. I'm Keith Shaw. Welcome back to Today in Tech. Pushing the buttons, as always, is Chris from Behind the Computers. Hello, Chris. Hey, how's it going? How are you today? Good. All right. We're going to jump around a little bit, uh, but but a lot of these things are are related to ChatGPT and artificial intelligence. Uh, one of the first big stories that came out uh, recently was uh, this article in the Wall Street Journal, uh, which says, ChatGPT will see you now. Doctors are using AI to answer patient questions. Now, the, when I first saw this, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like uh, WebMD, but with, with actual answers that you know, might be helpful rather than the stuff that you get whenever you've got, like, you know, a scar on your finger and you're trying to figure out what you have. And, and the answer is usually, oh, you have cancer. <laughs> like, you, have you ever done that with any symptoms on WebMD? Yeah, it usually gives you the worst case scenario. Right, right. It tells you, like, the worst possible diagnosis. Or the thing that you should never do is never, ever um, try to look at something that you have and then and look look for pictures of it. Yeah, Because it's the worst. Because then you'll get, on Google Images, it'll just give you the worst possible uh, views of of that. But this actual article is about um, pilot programs are aiming to see if AI will cut time that medical staff spend replying to online inquiries. In California and Wisconsin, OpenAI's GPT Generative... Artificial intelligence is reading patient messages and drafting responses from their doctors. The operation is part of a pilot program in which three health systems will test if the AI can cut the time that medical staff spend replying to patients' online inquiries. So it's a little, it's not as as dramatic as it sounds. Uh, basically, I think what they're doing is they're trying to have the, the AI sort of generate emails that... Um, can can be done quicker than sort of what doc if the, if doctors had to respond or if if their medical staff had to respond um yeah, you know, it's, manually.
1: It's, it's basically gonna take over the role of, you know, doing the tasks that can be automated.
0: Right. Physically. Right. A lot of a lot of doctors and and sort of medical providers uh, have integrated online sort of response systems so if I want to talk to my doctor for example, I don't have to call them up and then wait for a nurse and then have the doctor call me back if like I've got something that like is tweaking or twinging or whatever I can usually just type in an email and going hey, you know, I've got this. Does this is this serious? Should I come in? What's going on? Uh, or hey, I need a refill on a prescription, or you know that kind of stuff. It's it's usually non-medical because obviously, if if you've if you've like broken your leg or something, you should just go to the you know either urgent care or the emergency room, right? Most yeah, people know I, that.
1: I don't think it's gonna start diagnosing um, ailments or right do surgery uh, uh, I think it's only uh, evolved to the point where it can just mm-hmm. automate you know, calls or emails or stuff like
0: that. Right. So because of these systems that have been in, you know, these, these sort of uh, messaging and communication systems, um, for example, this one hospital system saw patient messages jump from 50,000 messages a month before the pandemic to over 80,000 a month after with more than 140,000 messages in some pandemic months. So obviously the pandemic sort of, again, because you weren't going to go into the doctor's right. office as much. So everyone took advantage of these systems to just basically talk to their doctors right. through email. And so now all of these doctors and their staff are overworked. So why not integrate sort of AI and chat GPT? into this um i think they quoted a couple of people saying that uh they do review the messages before they go out and then they sort of add the human touch to it afterwards like they'll they'll know that like if they can detect like that a person was on vacation they'll sort of add that like oh you know how was your trip and then and then sort of then provide the answer so it's not sort of like seen as a robot type of a thing yeah yeah yeah. Um, and and actually the, uh, the San Diego team that is testing this did stop the AI from answering any query that seeks medical advice. And in Wisconsin, the 10 doctors that are using this have enabled AI responses to a limited set of patient questions, including prescription requests and asks for documentation or paperwork. Um, so that, you know, I I think they're starting this, but could you see sort of a, a day where maybe they, you know, the AI can start giving you Better medical advice or – I mean, I guess you could do that without talking to your doctor. Like yeah. you could go on to ChatGPT and sort of ask that kind of stuff. I don't know how much of, of that information yeah, I would I mean, trust.
1: It, it, it's going to be difficult because um, – I mean, for example, let's use the
0: – what is it? Medical M- MD, WebMD as yeah, an example. Yeah, that's that's like, usually the one that gets that gets mocked and criticized.
1: Yeah, like it can give you general information, right? Like it's going to give you – like if you ask it like, hey, do I have the flu, right? Um, it'll give you the the symptoms and say this is what makes up the flu, but it's not gonna give you a direct answer as to your situation, right? Because it's gonna you know it's gonna be different for person to person, right? Yeah, like um, symptoms and stuff like that. So I, I think it'd be hard to integrate AI into that right now, but
0: I mean we'll see. I I wouldn't I wouldn't I can foresee a day where you would you could take a picture of something that that you have like say like you know like hey i have a spot on my on my hand here take a picture of it upload it and then maybe the ai you know can analyze it and then say oh that's nothing that's a a mole or b yeah, this might look serious. You should, we should yeah. schedule something. Like, it's never going to actually say, oh, oh, yeah, that's cancer. You know, you've got three days to Yeah, I to mean, live. again,
1: I, I think it'll depend, like, for dermatology, right? Yeah. Like, you know, skin cancer or, you know, a mole that, you know, looks yeah. funny. Like, right. yeah, definitely. Like, I can see a use case for that. And and I'd, I'd even say today, like, let's say, you know, I have a mole right here that looks funky. I could just send an email, a picture to my doctor and just be like, hey, does this look suspicious to you? Like we can we can still do that today, but taking a picture and then uploading it to like chat GPT and stuff like that, like maybe I don't know, yeah, that, that's maybe like a half step closer to you know automating um, diagnosing. Yeah, I, I mean, know. and you know, again and, and
0: again, maybe these are solutions that uh, patients could take advantage of because the current system is so. I want to say broken, but it's it's just so annoying to go to the doctor and and wait and get blood tests and all this other stuff that yeah. has, has has evolved as the healthcare system has changed. Like, why not just try to at least eliminate some some of the Blow. busy work and why? the the redundancy? So
1: that that's a conversation. That's a whole other episode, right there.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But it's you know it's 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 interesting that at least that that at least these companies are trying uh, this new experiment. So. Um, at first I was like, oh my gosh, they're diagnosing things, and they're like, no, nah. and then it's buried in the lead. I was like, oh, Wall Street Journal, you caught me again, <laughs> like, into the yeah. Uh, I Yeah, I mean, the I mean bait. It, like,
1: like the, the thing that we just talked about, right, that we just thought of, right, like, self-diagnosing, putting putting the, taking a picture and uploading it to ChatGPT, like, they'd have to be careful, though, because it's like, where is that image going? Where is it being stored? Who's looking at it? You know what I mean? Well, like, yeah. They're, they're going to have to sort out the security aspect behind that big time. If yeah. it ever,
0: if it, if it ever comes to that, you know, so I, mean? I do have this thing on my, you know, you want to come look at it? No. I, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> All right. So, so then here's a, here's a second thing that we wanted to chat about. Um, uh, people are now, and companies are now taking chat GPT and integrating them into uh, additional software or additional hardware and this is something that I think we've talked about before, where we can see the evolution of this coming into something like a physical robot. So wouldn't you know that the people that make the Spot robot dog, uh, Boston Dynamics, uh, they're most well known for a lot of their viral videos on YouTube, where you know you've got do- you know you got robots running on stairs and leaping over things, and so now they've added sort of this ChatGPT sort of text response system, and they've added some speech to text. Um, So, and then basically, they've now integrated this into the Spot Robot Dogs. Um, One of their technologists, uh, Santiago Valderrama, merged the program into the yellow and black four-legged robots. It was done as a way to enhance automated missions the robots were running to assess factors of their nearby environment. Now users can speak directly to the robot dogs, and it will answer in plain English. So he posted this on Twitter, and there's a video clip, uh, if you want to show that video clip, Chris
1: know that's a great question you know that's a great <laughs> question we use ChatGPT to query information and the user can ask natural questions i was just wondering if i could dictate to it so to this guy asks a question specifically. here specifically what is your battery level
0: battery level is currently at
1: 53%. What is the voice coming from? It's a Google text to speech. We gave the JSON to charge it. so, yeah, so it's like asking Alexa or Google. Yeah, it, 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 it does
0: feel like Jason, an early Alexa, Alexa an question. Now, obviously, it's, 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 it's you know, it knows inspections yeah. in your next mission? Yeah. My next mission involves 20 inspections. Okay. Yeah, and so possible. if you were trying to, add, you know, find that, you would have to sort of open up the interface or connect to it via the you know the the software, or the tablet, or whatever you're doing to get the battery life. So it is an easy way to sort of get a, a response. It's not like you're asking the dog, "Hey, what's the weather in Tunisia right now?" Right. Um, I don't think it's that. I think it's 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 sort of just it a, has, it a has better a Alexa.
1: Set, yeah, it has like a set parameters. It, it's gonna only probably answer certain things when
0: it's asked. Like, right.
1: You know, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna tell you you know what you're making for dinner or you know.
0: Right. But again, it's another small step. We're talking about uh, the use of this to understand what the human is asking and giving the correct response. Whereas if sometimes if you ask Alexa a question or Siri or things like that, sometimes it doesn't know. And then you get frustrated and you're like, well, this technology stinks. Yeah. So it, it, it's cool to see. Now, obviously, you're not asking it to do stuff yet, maybe, maybe. you know, There's still some interface issues, I think, that they haven't allowed that for, but um, it is sort of a cool step in the, in, in the right direction. Uh, a second one that I wanted to bring up is that I asked you earlier if you had played uh, the Skyrim game, and you're familiar with the Elder Scrolls Skyrim role-playing game. It's been out for, like it feels like 20 years, but probably like 10-plus years. Right. Yeah. I mean, who who hasn't played it? Right. Right. Best RPGs. Yeah. It's it's a it's a great game, and um, if anybody who's played sort of those those role playing games or any sort of games where they have non player characters, also known as NPCs, um, after a while the dialogue you get from them is the same over and over and over again because you're just hitting. If you're talking to them, you get the same you know three or four responses. So there's a a modder who took the uh, ChatGPT interface or connected chat GPT to, um, this spell. And it basically, you can now ask some NPCs questions via a speech to text sort of translator. So you can say, uh, you know, you can ask a question with your, with your microphone and it'll understand what you're saying and give you a response. So, and then it converts that text into speech. And we've got a video. So just this is now in the video. This is now in um, White Run, I believe. Well, well that looks like Red Dead Redemption, dude. So, were you ever told campfire oh, okay. stories? Okay. Let me. Think. Wrong game, Keith. Yeah, well, it looked like Red Dead Redemption. Yes, my family and I used to tell campfire stories during our hunting trips.
1: We share tales of great Nordic So this is, is not in the. This is not in the
0: game. This is now just. Uh, well, this it, is a ChatGPT response yeah. to a question about. It know, definitely demo. sounds
1: ChatGPT-ish.
0: Yeah, well, so obviously you know because it's always that. Let me think, and there's another. If you jump ahead, well, just to the next section where, yeah, right here. Um, so you know this modder, you start it with a spell, and then. Greetings there, traveler. How are you on this fine day? And then you yes, go into the store for a few more hours. War Maidens is typically open from eight am until eight pump.
1: Is there something you need?
0: Yeah, like eight. What time is it now?
1: Yeah, he's Let saying. Me think. Yeah. <laughs> it's approximately five PM. Five pump It's wet instead of PM? not
0: But it is interesting that it knows in what the game time when it's going to close. Right. So again, it's it say. shows. I wouldn't say it's general intelligence but it let me take it, a closer look at that. Sword. A lot of people that, that you know in this article are saying that this could be the start. The yeah, that this could be the start of of sort of NPC characters that don't say the same thing over and over and over again. It could be. It could Although, be. I mean, I don't think it, yeah, I mean, it's going to be basic at first, but I mean, the big joke about Skyrim was this one guy in Whiterun in the beginning who always joked about taking an arrow in the knee. An you remember? Arrow in the knee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now maybe you can actually approach him and go, How did you get that arrow in the knee? Give and you then, a whole backstory. And then he'll right? give you a whole backstory, and it'll be unique. Because it's ChatGPT, it's not going to give you the same answer twice, right? Because you've done that with ChatGPT. Yeah. Ask it to tell you a story. And, you know, I'm sure that there's some parameters. Like, you're not going to get the NPC um, in 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 White Run to give you a recipe. Maybe you will. Maybe you can ask it. Hey, do you have a good recipe for you know mutton? <laughs> and then he'll give you one.
1: Yeah, I can see game developers taking advantage of this. Uh, as to when, I I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, like it, maybe. So we bring we bring this up because I, th- I think that these three things are sort of interesting. Again, it's, it's companies that are trying things out, seeing if it works, seeing what works and seeing what doesn't work. Um, and then, of course, the, you know, there was the big, big story this week was Jeffrey Hinton, who is typically known as the godfather of A.I., has quit Google. And now he's spreading the word about the dangers of A.I. and warns that it will lead to bad things uh, in the New York Times. Uh, go to the New York Times article. I think it was the... Uh, do you have years. that link? Hold oh, let me find it. It was the last one I just sent you. Oh, there we go. Okay, so he was... Uh, in 2012, Dr. Hinton and two of his graduate students at the University of Toronto created technology that became the intellectual foundation for the AI systems that the industry's biggest companies are now believing is the key to their future. On Monday, however, he he basically joined a growing chorus of critics who say the companies are racing toward danger with their aggressive campaign to create products based on generative artificial intelligence, which is the technology that powers, you know, chatbots like ChatGPT. Um... The, his first quote in this New York Times article is, quote, I console myself with a normal excuse if I hadn't done it, somebody else would have. Uh, and But he does say later on, um, it is hard to see how you can prevent the bad actors from using it for bad things. So that's sort of what's gnawing at him. And so he quit Google so that he could sort of talk about it. He's going to be talking later this week. Uh when we're recording this, he's going to be teach. Uh, he's going to be at an MIT event and he's yeah. going to be probably, it's going to be his first post resignation interview. Uh, hey,
1: all I'm going to say, is, hey, if he's at MIT, just let's just tell him to swing by here. We'll have a, <laughs>
0: a talk with him and see what he has to
1: think. You know?
0: He did, now he did not sign, he, he did not sign the letter. Um, and he did not want to public publicly criticize Google or other companies until he had quit his job. Mm-hmm. Uh, he notified the company last month that he was resigning. And on Thursday, he talked to the phone with Sundar Pichai, the CEO of Google's parent company, Alphabet. Um, and of course the, you know, Google's chief scientist is saying we remain committed to a responsible approach to AI. We're continually learning to understand the emerging risks while also innovating boldly. Um, he does have a point, but uh, you know, I what what annoys me about a lot of these doom and gloom uh, predictions is that the you know it's sort of an either or. Like there's, it, it feels like no one wants to give any middle ground. It's either this is the worst thing ever or this is the best thing ever. And I think well, in most things of life, you have to take the good and the bad without. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just going to start singing the song from the facts of like, you take the good, you take the bad, you take it both. And there you have the facts well, I, of life. Yeah. All right. Anyway.
1: Well, Well, I think what he's concerned about is, 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 is not, you know, is that it is going to be used for bad. Not that it's also going to be used for good, but the fact that it is also going to be used for bad. Yeah. I mean, he you didn't, know what I mean?
0: so he should, you know, as a, as a technologist, he should have known this. Like it's, it's, you know, every technology that gets invented there's yeah. a good and a bad, and right. it's it's the responsibility of the good people to make sure that we also have tools that can stop the bad, or prevent the bad, or limit the damage the bad can do. Right. I mean,
1: evil in general will always exist. I mean, that's why we have police officers. Right. Right.
0: right. So, it'll be interesting to see what more he says. He is, you know, he is 75, Um, you know, he probably wanted to retire anyway, and so this is a way to make a splash. Yeah. Um, I don't know him personally, so it's, it's hard to, to tell whether, you know, but, you know, if... Well, we'll, we'll shoot him an email. We'll we'll shoot him an email. Send him an email. Invite him 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 into our studios here in, in Needham. Um, in fact, I'm going to probably try to reach out to some of our, the people that we do know in AI to see if, like, is this a big deal? Is this not a big deal? Um... It's again. It's just this ongoing evolution of 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 AI, and I I just I my fear is that if 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 people start playing that fear games too much, and then we either pull back in terms of our development, or because I I feel like that the barn doors have been opened, we just have to get out there in front of the bad guys rather than just waiting for the bad guys to do something.
1: Yeah, I I think there's I think it's always valid if some fear comes out of something new, right? Yeah. I, I think it's very valid. I
0: think it's good that, that there is some fear, and that's why i am always been in favor.
1: Because at least it shows that we're
0: thinking about it. Yeah, right? and, and and if we're thinking about it as a good person about what bad things can happen, and then there's a bunch of people that are trying to poke the system and, yeah. and do things that um, test the limits of the system and say, hey, look at this thing that we did. I mean, I don't think anybody at the moment is giving the you know any AI the nuclear codes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm hoping... I'm God, I hope no one's done that yet. I'd, but someone's thinking about it. I'm sure that there are...
1: I'm pretty sure those systems are still
0: analog. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs>
0: it's not jacked into the... I'm hoping that you know, there's, you know, four levels of redundancy. It's not too, like, built you know,
1: in. www.nuclearcodes.com. Uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, if you, if you think about it, like, look at nuclear energy, right? Or nuclear fission, whatever. The discovery of nuclear, right? Um, it powers generators for electricity. Right. But... Then on the other hand, it can, you make a bomb. We have weapons, right? Yeah. And I'm trying to remember the guy's name who invented it. And he had this really cool quote. I can't remember it. I'll, I'll find it. Oppenheimer. Somewhere. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. There's a, there's
0: an actual movie coming out about him. Yeah, Christopher Nolan. Yeah. I think did a movie on yeah.
1: him. But there's an incredible quote from it. I, I can't remember, but it'll it'll pop up.
0: But you want to look it up? Yeah. Let me see. Famous higher. quote,
1: yeah. I mean, it's the quote, yeah. He says, Now I am now I have become death, the yeah. destroyer of worlds, you know, something, 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 something like that. And it's like, Yeah, I mean, yeah, n- nuclear energy is it can be great, you know, it can I mean, power a lot of houses, a lot of families, um, you know, helps us survive, right? But then on the other hand, you have that big butt, it's like, uh, bombs.
0: Yeah. Weapons. Well, go go back so, before even nuclear energy. Go back to like the wheel. You yeah, know, the wheel is great. The wheel, you know, can, can transport goods from one place to another. Yeah. You can also use the wheel to run someone over. Right. And kill no, them. exactly.
1: And, and, you know, like I'm not saying, you know, we shouldn't look into AI at all or, or whatever. It's just there should be. There should be concern.
0: Yes, I, yeah. I, I, you know, before we get any comments saying that we're we're minimizing it or we're or, or, or being too simplistic about it, I'm I'm not sort of saying I'm not sort of dismissing these these concerns. Right. I, I have these concerns as well. I think it, it's the most important thing is to continue having dialogue with people and and saying. You know, be aware. Be aware that you know. And then if yeah. if we start find, you know, build tools to find these things. If if bad things are, if they are starting to use use it for bad things, yeah. Um, and then and then develop tools to to prevent it or slow it down or you know mitigate it. That's that's what we've done with technology since the beginning of of time. Right, and and there's always going to be two sides to the conversation, right? There's going to be the people
1: who are going to be like. AI is great. This is awesome. Full steam ahead. Let's give everybody unfettered access to this AI. Yeah. Right. And then there's gonna be people where like that are gonna be like, no, we need to shut this down now because, you know, it's gonna cause this, it's gonna do that, it's gonna do this. But yeah, I I do think there does need to be some sort of middle ground, be like, you know, let, let's have it, let's have it do some things, and then maybe it shouldn't be allowed to do, you know, this other stuff, right? Because it has a lot of sense of data. I don't know. Yeah, you know
0: what I mean. You know, I always think of the the, this metaphor of when you're driving on the highway and there's three lanes. You can you can either pick the you know the left lane, the middle lane, or the right lane. And in theory, in theory, the the left lane is supposed to be for passing only. Yeah. The middle lane is where you're supposed to travel, and then the right lane you get into the right lane if you're going to exit or once you get on. But the right lane tends to be the slow lane, technically. And um, I can't remember where I'm going with this. I like being in the I mean, middle lane. No, yeah. I like I like being in the middle lane. I don't like I don't like going too fast. I don't like going too slow. I just I I'm sort of the most cautious. The most cautious is not the right lane. It's more of like let's keep going, and then I'll and then when I'm ready to slow down, I'll slow down. But if I need to speed up, I can speed up. How's that for a metaphor? That was probably that, that's, awful. Fine. that's fine. fine. That's fine. That's <laughs> fine. Um, and you also mentioned there's two sides of everything. So I I would be remiss if I didn't say like. Uh, just like the uh, Star Wars with the light side and the dark side and and duct tape with the light side and the dark. You've seen those jokes, right?
1: Uh, not the duct tape one that's new, but uh, I'll take it.
0: Happy Star Wars Day, everybody. <laughs> anyway, which uh, that's a whole other thing. You, can Do you have some time for me to rail about Star Wars Day? Uh, sure, go for it. Okay, Star Wars Day is May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. Uh, it started as kind of a funny joke, but then businesses took it over, and now it's this like annual holiday mm-hmm. that you have. And, so the, you know, and of course, Disney, the people that own Star Wars, have turned it into a day of, this is the day we're going to release trailers, and this is the day we're going to release all this merchandise if you just give us money, 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 money. And then that spurred all of these other sort of quote-unquote fake holidays, like Pi Day, in March, and then this there's this talk like a pirate day that has become a thing. Oh like, boy! Let's, let's just stop making fake holidays. Can we just it's stick with a, the
1: good ones? It's like, all for our con- con- consumerism uh, e- economy.
0: I think we just need merch for this show, and then we'll just come up with an annual holiday that's like we
1: need a we need a reason to buy something.
0: Yeah, like buy tech talk gear day. <laughs> or, but if we do
1: if we do come out with tech talk shirts. You should buy them. Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> That's next on our list, right, is, is the merchandising the, the, aspect of this, this wonderful merch. show. TT merch. We still have people that are confused about the name of the show. People think the name of the show is Tech Talk. It's Today in Tech. Right, Today in Tech. Yes, yes. and it's not every day. <laughs> right. We're, we're working on that, people, in case you were confused. All right, I'm going to switch gears. We're not going to talk about ChatGPT on this one, but I'm going to talk about your other favorite topic, Chris, which is electric vehicles. Uh, There was another, there was another story in the wall street journal today, which, or this week that said the most annoying hotel guest is the EV charger hog. Oh my gosh. People can't be nice. People can't be polite at all. So apparently this story is all about uh, people using EV cars, whether it's their own cars or their rental cars, or if they're on a road trip and they're staying over in a hotel, a lot of hotels have now set up EV charging stations for their guests yeah, that's a night. Nice, that's a great thing. They understand. Like, oh, we're gonna be, we're gonna give this perk, kind of like parking garage access. You know, yeah. it's a perk if you so, stay here. So here,
1: here's the thing. This is my question, real quick. Sorry for butting in. Yeah, no problem. Um, but if, because don't they have apps um, like Tesla or Chevy with the Chevy Bolt and other EV cars? Don't they have apps where you can kind of map out uh, where EV chargers are yeah. along the route yeah. that you're going to. Um, I wonder if hotels, EVs, EV chargers are included on the maps. Oh, I don't know. So, but you see where I'm getting at here? So let's well, say if I, I, I they chart. Might be,
0: yeah. They might be.
1: Yeah. So let's say if I chart a location from point A to point B and there happens to be a hotel with an EV charger in the middle and it's picking that spot as a destination to charge on my way to point B.
0: I would say no. I'm, I think that they're trying to hide them and only allow the hotel guests to charge that's,
1: from them. That's what I would want to know is like, are they hiding Are they hiding those EV chargers? Or from, they, is it open to the public? From
0: the public database? Yeah. Uh, depends on the type of charger, I would suppose.
1: Yeah. I uh, mean, we'd have to find out.
0: Yeah. So, but it's not, the, the, the real story is not necessarily about about the chargers. It's more about the people that will park their car, plug the charger in, and then kind of leave it in overnight, even if it doesn't need a charge. Well, yeah. And so then other customers that, that are there and they want to, or people that are parking in the spots that don't have an EV, like they're, they're ice cars, they're the internal combustion engine cars. And, you know, they're just parking there because they need a parking spot for, for their stay. Um, and again, it just shows the, the fact that the EV sales are going up. You've got more and more people that are getting this and, and hotels are just not, they, they, they haven't produced enough spots for these things.
1: Man, go, you know, I, I watched the, uh, the short that we put together, uh, that's going live tomorrow or the day after. Yep. Um, and it, it was me going over one of the concerns, um, about EVs and it's space. It's, it's real estate. Yeah. So how, how many chargers, uh, here, let me see. Um, level two chargers. They do make sense for hotels, but one or two chargers is not going to be enough. So right. what they have like one or two chargers, Per hotel, like you're gonna need a lot more than that, like oh, a heck of a lot more. Yeah, to more, start facilitating
0: your guests' EVs, right? Yep, yeah, more than twenty percent of Hilton's global properties now have EV EV chargers, an increase of more than ten percent points from a year ago, and that number is accelerating rapidly. But apparently, it's not, you know, accelerating enough. Um, uh, yeah, they're going to need
1: the infrastructure. They're gonna, you're going to need the space. So not just empty parking you know, spaces for regular cars, but now you're going to need the space for the EV charger. You're going to need a space for that car to stay there potentially overnight charging, right? So it's just more space. Yep more space.
0: Uh, many uh, hotel apps don't display the number or type of chargers at a certain location. Executives from Hilton and IHG say this cap- capability will expand in the future. Uh, some hotels are providing free charging. Others require guests to unlock chargers with a room key, uh, which is probably a good idea. Uh, stay in charge, which installs chargers at hotel properties has many clients charge between 25 cents and 55 cents a kilowatt hour for an average cost of between 11 and $20. Uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure that they're going to build, be building these fees in. Uh, they're not going to just let any, any schmo off the street to just sort of charge or pay for it because then you become a gas station or a charging station at that point. Right. It's going to be really for hotel guests only. Just like you can't walk into a hotel. Oh wait, you can you can walk into a hotel. And, you can, yeah. You can walk into a hotel and go to the restaurant, or the bar, right?
1: Yeah, you go to the bar, you get a
0: drink, but you can't go to the pool.
1: <laughs> no, no. But
0: I, and, you, and you can't get a room without renting it, right? Yeah.
1: Right, right. But again, I think this, you know, I, like I, I like this article just because it's kind of
0: it's just evidence of, that of what we've been exactly. talking about is that like there are companies they're just they're doing things and they're just I don't think that they're ready for this yet.
1: Yeah, we just. It's just the infrastructure is not there yet, and how quickly we have these—you know—the cities and the, and the government, the state and the government, trying to push EV,
0: EV, EV. E- they're they're already behind. Yeah. It feels like. How are you going to? How are you going to do that? It's okay, as long as you're you far, far from my, from my car. Yeah, you want to hear a car, our car update from me? Yeah, sure. Um, so. I've 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 been driving it for about a week or two, and they've got this really cool feature where uh, every time I fill up the gas, you can then it it sort of measures your miles per gallon. Um, And when I first got it, it was it was at like 15. I'm like, oh no, I bought a horrible car that only gets 15 miles per gallon. But then I reset the the trip monitor, and now I've been getting like 37 to 45. So I'm very happy with that. Nice. Nice. Um, Yeah. So. That's good, and I haven't been pulled over yet with my fast driving and or go karting skills. It's because it's not red. It's not red, exactly. All right, Uh, one last story that I want to talk with you about this week, uh, Chris, is uh, another. uh, We're going to end with good news. Uh, Wall Street Journal was reporting that the big tech earnings have sparked hope that the worst is over. Uh, About a week or so ago, everyone was coming out with their sort of their first quarter earnings reports. And better-than-expected results for Microsoft, Amazon, and Google, as well as Meta slash Facebook. Basically, the article says digital ad spending is stabilizing and laptop buying is showing modest signs of life. The big tech companies that reported results over the past week added a combined $320 billion in market valuation after posting their figures, according to both Dow Jones Market Data and a company called FactSet. So, uh Basically, now obviously this is this this is not the same as the lofty days of the, of the pandemic that drove tech adoption to new heights. And but a lot of people are saying now that like sort of this post pandemic slowdown might be like maybe we're at sort of the bottom part and things are starting to look up, starting to stabilize. Yeah, which would actually be good news for tech companies in terms of they'll probably won't do more layoffs. Um, you may see some here and there, but I think I think most people have. Gone through that wave now of all right, we're we're sort of like level resetting, uh, and and again, cloud computing is at the heart of it. So, uh, r- the record numbers for cloud growth. So that's that's good as well. So, uh, I just wanted to end on a happy note, Chris. I think. Yeah, no, that's good.
1: I mean, if you look at the the line graph here, yeah, it's, yeah, it's starting to tick up and and level off. That's that's really good. I I, th- I don't think I, I think people are starting to get tired of
0: seeing the uh, numbers of layoffs and and whatnot. It does seem like there's, you know, there are a couple of people that say there is uncertainty in the economic environment. Uh, This was the CFO of Alphabet. We saw some headwind from slower growth of consumption with consumers, with customers really looking to optimize their cost. Uh, But they were better than feared. But I don't think we're through the woods yet, said another analyst. Yeah, I see that, yeah. Yeah, so... If you do follow sort of the tech space and the stock market and things like that, that as an indicator of the general health of the economy, because tech is so important now, uh, this is good news. So let's hope that that good news continues. Any final thoughts, Chris? No, that's it. All right. We will uh, check in again uh, in a future episode. Always good to see you, Chris. Yeah, no, it was fun. Okay, (laughs) cool. Uh, That's all the time we have for today's episode. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel. And add any thoughts you have below. Join us every week for new episodes of Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Thanks for watching.